Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. I'm not going to make it through. I'm not going to survive. But <laughs> yes, this is hard. But you know what would be harder? Trying to keep it in and shut it up. I cannot. And I realize that. Yes, this is hard, but it would be infinitely harder. I just cannot. I cannot shut up. I cannot hold back. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. Have you ever felt like you just had to do something? Like no matter how hard you tried, you just can't not do it? <laughs> like the world is telling you not to, but everything in you is saying you must? In today's message, Pastor J.D. shows us how even following what God has told us to do doesn't always lead to comfort and happiness. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah chapter 20 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. These two chapters are very interesting and this for a number of reasons, not the least of which is Jeremiah's raw emotions. And namely that of not thinking he would survive the torment and the torture, all because of the call that God had on his life to speak this unpopular truth. That's actually an understatement. (laughs) And he couldn't get out of it, because this was God's call on his life. Now, as we're about to see, he's going to have a couple of meltdowns. I mean, breakdowns. Two of them. And (laughs) are you okay with that? But God sees him through. So I hope you're going to be encouraged as I am. I, today in preparing to teach these two chapters, was just greatly encouraged by just the honesty, for lack of a better word. I am so glad that God recorded this in the pages of Holy Red for us all of these generations later to be reading it, hearing it, and taking it to heart. So you ready? All right, verse 1. Now Pashur, the son of Imr, the priest, who was also chief governor in the house of the Lord, heard that Jeremiah prophesied these things. Apparently he wasn't there, he just heard about it. What did he hear about? Oh, uh, remember when Jeremiah was told to go to the potter's house in chapter 19, and he was told to get this clay vessel and take it to the valley of Hinnom and break it there and prophesy visually to the people of Judah and say to them, you are this clay vessel and you will be broken and God's judgment is coming and you will be taken captive by the Babylonians. And so apparently this guy who 
powerful guy. He's not only a priest, he's also the chief governor. That'd be like being a pastor and an elected official at the same time. Eh, sort of, but anyway. So he hears about, I mean, it's all over. I mean, everybody's talking about what Jeremiah just did. Can you believe the nerve of this guy? So what's he going to do? Well, verse 2, then Pashur struck Jeremiah the prophet and put him in the stocks that were in the high gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. Okay. Um, when you read verse 2, you really don't get the full picture, because first, when it says that he was struck, he was whipped. He was given a lashing, a whipping on the back. Some suggest 40 lashes. And then, if that weren't bad enough, and again, we have this image in our minds, he was put in the stocks. Now, if you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, you've got Jeremiah now, you know those wood so he's got his hands in the top part, and his feet are, you know, in these stocks in the bottom. No. They had this uh, torture uh, mechanism by which they would bind you up and twist you up and stretch you out and torture you. Okay, um, you know how when you get that cramp in your foot. I mean, I have, as you know, I shared this with you very openly, I have, if I get a hangnail, I'm like crying and praying in my prayer language and just, you know, crying out to God. When I go to the dentist, he cannot give me enough Novocaine. And he knows, oh, here, JD, bring out the box, we need the stock. And because, I mean, he, even before he starts drilling, I'm already in pain. I have no tolerance for pain. I mean, I, I'm, so I'm so sensitive. I mean, seriously, I'm so sensitive when it comes to physical pain. My wife, on the other hand, the total opposite. Uh, three of our four children, she gave birth to, naturally, no epidural. I was in pain <laughs> for her instead of her. And I get one of these crests. By the way, uh, I learned the hard way that if you pull your toes up, it goes away. Did you know that? But how painful is it when you pinch a nerve and you get this cramp? Well, that's what they would do to them. That's what they did to Jeremiah. They put him in these stocks and they stretched him and twisted him so that he was in agonizing pain. And then if that weren't bad enough, we have this detail here that it was in the high gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. Now, the reason I'm going into such detail here is because it's going to make some sense when we see <laughs> what Jeremiah does as a result of this. In other words, you almost can't blame him, but the positioning of where he was in the high gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord, this was in full public view. 
so that people are mocking him, spitting on him, ridiculing him, and he's being tortured, probably crying in just, I mean, unbearable pain. And keep in mind, he just got whipped maybe 40 times. And this is what this Pashur does to him, verse 3, and it happened on the next day that Pashur brought Jeremiah out of the stocks. Oh. Then Jeremiah said to him, I'm so sorry, I won't ever prophesy again. Please don't do that to me. No. This is what Jeremiah says to him after being tortured. The Lord has not called your name Pashur, which means peace on every side, but Magor Misabib, which means fear on every side. For thus says the Lord, verse 4, Behold, I will make you a terror to yourself and to all your friends, and they shall fall by the sword of their enemies, and your eyes shall see it. I will give all Judah into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall carry them captive to Babylon, and slay them with the sword. Moreover, verse 5, I will deliver all the wealth of this city, all its produce, and all its precious things, all the treasures of the kings of Judah, I will give into the hand of their enemies, who will plunder them, seize them, and carry them to Babylon. And you, Pashur, and all who dwell in your house shall go into captivity. You shall go to Babylon, and there you shall die, and be buried there, you and all your friends, to whom, listen, you have prophesied lies. Oh, <laughs> all right. I would venture to say, and I think you would agree, that this is not at all what Peshur was expecting when he released him and took him out of those stocks, he thought for sure he's learned his lesson, and we're going to put an end to this guy taking these clay vessels and these visual prophecies and prophesying doom and gloom. Ah, he's prophesying lies. No, actually you're prophesying lies. Keep in mind, he's a priest. So the message you're preaching, priest, is false. You're lying to the people. Ah, it's not going to happen. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm speaking the truth. What you're doing is speaking lies. Now, verse 7, we take a terrible turn. This is Jeremiah now, privately, between him and the Lord. Oh Lord, you induced me, and I was persuaded. You are stronger than I, and have prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocks me. For when I spoke, verse 8, I cried out, I shouted, violence and plunder, because the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach and a derision. And here's that word again, daily. 
Not weekly, not monthly, not yearly, daily, every day, all day, every day, day in, day out. Nothing but mocking. And now Jeremiah is crying out. And this is why, again, I wanted to get into the detail of what happened to him, because you got to know that he's probably still in a lot of physical pain from what he just went through. But even more so, the emotional pain of what he just went through. Now, it doesn't excuse it, but it might in some way explain it when he basically says to the Lord, you tricked me. You induced me. You seduced me. (laughs) And prevailed. And had I known, when you called me to this, had I known that this would be my daily lot, derision daily, mocking daily, if I'd have known that, I wouldn't have agreed. (laughs) Like you didn't really have a choice, Jeremiah. But he's like, why didn't you tell me? Well, I tried. I told you, chapter 1, that I'm going to put my words in your mouth, and you're going to speak all that I command you to speak. And I kind of already went over the fine print with you, (laughs) and the calling on your life, that it was not going to be received. And that this was going to happen. I kind of forewarned you. But here's what was happening. He's prophesying, and they're mocking him because the prophecies aren't happening. So they're ridiculing him and mocking him. And if this sounds a little bit like Second Peter chapter 3, that's because this is like Second Peter chapter 3, where the Apostle Peter says that in the last days there will be mockers who will scoff and mock and ridicule you. What are they going to ridicule you about? Oh, you've been doing these prophecy updates for 16 years, and yet where is he? You've been telling us for 16 years that the rapture is going to happen, but it hasn't happened. And everything just keeps going on as it always has before. So they're mocking you. Oh, here he comes again. What are you going to prophesy now? Doom and gloom? The end is here? Come on. It's not the end. And he was on the receiving end. Daily of this mocking and this derision. And he wants out. And that's what we see next in verse 9. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. (laughs) But his word was in my heart, like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. I could not, not 
I know that's not proper English probably, but I could not shut up. I could not hold back. Here's this holy heartburn, this burning, yes this is hard, I can't go on, I'm not going to make it through, I'm not going to survive, but (laughs) yes this is hard, but you know what would be harder? Trying to keep it in and shut it up. I cannot. And I realize that. Yes, this is hard, but it would be infinitely harder. I just cannot. I cannot shut up. I cannot hold back. You know what's happening here, right? He's trying to quit. He's like, God, I quit. Here's my resignation. And God's like, really? I didn't know that servants or slaves could resign. I didn't know that you could tenor your resignate. Nice try though. Hey, Jeremiah, it's okay, I get it. I know that you just went through a very traumatizing and torturing experience, but I've got a calling on your life. And the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. And when God calls you, you can't not. Well, you can try. You can try that fire will burn inside of you because of the calling that God has on you, and you won't be able to stop. And God's going to sustain you, because God's callings are God's enablings. God will empower you to do that which He's called you to do. He packages the enabling with the calling. Let me flip that around. God will never call you or command you to do anything that He will not also empower you by the power of the Holy Spirit to do. He can't not. That's inconsistent with who He is, because if you think about it, then He would be party to our disobedience, and God can't do that. He's always going to create an environment in our lives that is conducive to our obedience. Because see, God wants us in the middle of His will more than we even ourselves want to be in His will. So He's always going to direct us and protect us and guide us and provide for us in that direction that He would have us to go. Because He wants us walking according to His will, His ways, and His calling. And you try. (laughs) Now I have to confess something here, and I ask the Lord about this today. Well, I shouldn't say I ask the Lord. Um, I've tried to quit so many times. <laughs> like Sunday, I tried to quit on Sunday, <laughs> last Sunday, maybe it was maybe a couple weeks ago. But no, there's been times where I'm just like, God, I just, I can't. <laughs> I understand. I mean, it's just, you know, here's an illustration. Bear with me. So when you're standing and somebody is just leaning on you all the time, all day, every day, daily. The thing about daily, it's daily. (laughs) I know that's deeply profound, but every day someone is just leaning on you. Now, 
initially you're still standing strong. But after a while, you get worn down and you get weary. And that's where Jeremiah's at. And notice, as we're going to see, God does not fault him for this. God does not rebuke him and, come on, Jeremiah, what's the matter with you? Buck up, buttercup. No, there's none of that. Verse 10, <laughs> I'm afraid to look. For I heard many mocking, fear on every side. Here comes Mr. Fear on every side, Mr. Doom and Gloom, Mr. Prophecy Update. What are you going to prophesy now? Come on. Let's hear it. Report, they say, and we will report it. Walking. And then he says this. This is interesting. He says, all my acquaintances. Acquaintances? Jeremiah has no friends. They're just acquaintances. <laughs> Watched for my stumbling, saying, perhaps he can be induced, tricked. Again, there's that same word. Then we will prevail against him and we will take our revenge on him. Oh, isn't this interesting? They're waiting for him to just stumble, and then they're going to pounce. Let's just wait. We'll watch the live stream, and as soon as he misquotes a verse, or he quotes an unauthenticated source, or how about this one? He calls out someone by name. Oh, by the way, the Apostle Paul did that. And they're just waiting for him to do something like that, so they can just pounce on him, prevail against him, mete out revenge on him. Now, verse 11. <laughs> Buckle up. This is the same Jeremiah that just moments ago wanted to quit, accused God of tricking him into the calling. And now verse 11 he says, But the Lord is with me as a mighty, awesome one. Therefore my persecutors will stumble and will not prevail. They will be greatly ashamed, for they will not prosper. Their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten. But, O oh Lord of hosts, verse 12, you who test the righteous and see the mind and heart, let me see your vengeance on them. For I have pleaded my cause before you. Yeah, Jeremiah, go. <laughs> and then verse 13, listen to this. Sing to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wait a minute, is this the same guy that just wanted to quit? <laughs> he is God of trick. Praise the Lord, sing to the Lord, for He has delivered the life of the poor from the hand of the evildoers. All right, we're good. Oh, how I wish the chapter ended there. But it doesn't. This is going to be short-lived, and for a reason and good reason, because what we're going to see next should give every single one of us hope. 
We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. The book of Jeremiah is one of those books that's not the easiest to walk through in the Old Testament. It's almost like you see the train wreck that's up ahead and you want to warn them, but they just don't listen. Then you have other verses in this book that are commonly claimed, but what does it really mean in the context of what's going on? Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. But if you're looking at the train wreck up ahead, you wonder, how does claiming that verse fit with exile and judgment? Ultimately, God's plan and purpose are to bring people back to himself in reliance and dependence on him, not in their own possessions or their comfort. The same could be said for you today. You may be going through something that seems like judgment or exile, but are you drawing closer to the Lord in the process? There's a future and a hope, but it may play out differently than you'd like. If you're just getting into this study and want to listen to other teachings from Jeremiah, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com to find these messages. There are a variety of additional resources on our website. Until we meet again, we encourage you to dive deep into God's Word and then come back for our next edition where Pastor J.D. will continue on in the book of Jeremiah. We look forward to that time with you here on In Spirit and Truth.